Are you an ISA or agent struggling to convert your valuable leads? Or are you a team leader looking for advanced scripting and dialogue training for your team? Smart Inside Sales Conversion University is the industry-leading training program designed to give you the ninja-level scripting and objection handlers used by top teams across the country. Conversion U covers scripting, dialogue, objection handling, and closing skills needed to elevate your business through self-paced video training and live interactive expert coaching. Visit smartinsidesales.com slash conversion you to start today. Cash call, everybody. Once again, Dale Archdeacon and Brian Curtis. We're back for another week. And, uh, you know, I don't know about everybody listening here, but Brian and I are passionate about helping you guys increase your lead conversion and basically sell more real estate. And, you know, Brian, we keep talking about it. We're headed into, I guess, a recession. The market's changing a little bit, you know, um, Properties are actually sitting on the market for maybe five hours instead of one or a day instead of, uh, you know, uh, six hours. So things are actually changing. You know, it's funny, man, is we're working on doing listing training right now. And this crazy concept of price reductions uh, and being able to, like, set yourself up to have a price reduction conversation in the future is something that I'm having to teach these greenies who are like, why would we need to reduce the price? That's crazy. Uh, you're like, okay, we're gonna have to have a conversation about that. You know, like you, you may, ha- you want to position yourself for having that conversation. And it's, it's so funny to have to say to these people, like, for the ones who don't know how it goes, that you, you, you need to develop some more sales skill in that area because you may need to draw on them in the future. You know, it's funny because I don't know what you're using for for that, but I actually use the the triangle. And those of you who know what I'm talking about, basically, it shows that a, that a house at market value is going to get about 60% of the buyers are going to potentially look at it. And then if you go just 10% above, this will happen. And ultimately, it's explaining to a seller that if they want to get more people in the door, they have to do that. And then I use the NAR script and that, that script goes like this, according to the National Association of Realtors, if your house has been on the market for 21 days and has had 10 showings or more, you're at least 5% overpriced. And so I, I tell the sellers that, and then I follow up with this, by the way. So if we're not getting at least three showings a week, that means we are overpriced. And after three weeks, I'm going to call you and suggest that we do a price reduction. So mm-hmm. I set that up in, in every single one. And if you're not doing some version of that, start because yeah. it's very it. challenging if they have expectations and let's face it right now, the majority of sellers have an expectation that we're still going to sell their house in 12 minutes and get them 50,000 cash over the, over the appraised value. And as you know, that ain't happening right now in most markets. I'm sure there's some market out there that it's happening, but not most of the ones that I'm talking to. Yeah, no, it's definitely changing for a lot of our clients. It's been changing in my own market. It's been changing where days on market are getting a little bit longer. Negotiations aren't quite what they what they were before. And uh, we, we, we teach a very similar script to what you have, Brian. So far, we weren't adding in the NAR part, NAR says, which I think is a great, um, you know, third party validation for that information. But basically, we say similar something similar to that, something that I add in is basically setting with the seller and saying to the seller, hey, seller, listen, there is no one value for your home. Uh, You guess at what the house is worth. I guess at what the house is worth. The appraisers guess at what the house is worth. And nobody really knows exactly what the house is worth. The only person who does are those buyers who are out there looking at all of your competitors and deciding how much to pay you for your home based on all the other ones on the market. 
And so we won't know what those buyers think of the price that we set today until they start walking through here and voting with their dollars, right? And so that's, I try to help shift that perspective for them because, uh, you know, I, I had a client one time who was a heavy listing agent, but he prided himself on knowing the right number for the listing price, right? Knowing the exact number that it would sell for. And he would go into his listing presentations and he would try to convince them that he had done all this math and all this work and he knew exactly what it was going to sell for and he would guarantee it. And I'm like, I worked with the guy and I'm like, dude, you are no wonder you can't get a price reduction out of people is because you totally set the stage wrong. You convinced them that there was one number and you picked that right number. So how is that going to sound when you come back and be like, oh, hey, about that whole perfect number thing? I was wrong and it's a different number. That doesn't work. Yeah, so he, and I appreciate that. It's, that's a hard conversation, right? <laughs> right. So he changed it and started doing what I recommended, which was, hey, there is no one right number. We're making our best educated guess, just like everybody else. And the market's going to tell us how close or far we are from the right number. And I like that. So one of the things that I said was a similar thing. Like, guys, here's what I'm going to do. I, I'm, I'm going to do this and this and this and this to market your house. And I've already covered that, but I'm reiterating it again. I'm running Facebook ads, taking professional pictures. We're going to have it staged. I'm going through all my value prop. And then I say, guys, basically what's happened is I've eliminated every factor with the exception of the price. Now, I can give you an educated guess based on the comparable market properties that we've already talked about. That being said, the market ultimately will tell us whether or not this price is, is the right price. Does that make sense to you? And again, why am I doing that? Because I'm saying I'm doing everything I can. I'm, the only thing that's left is the price. I can't change that. I mean, we could change the price, but I can't change what the market is saying. And, and it's true, right? I don't, I don't know about you, Dale, but I've never sold a house. And what I mean by that is I've never brought somebody into a house who didn't want to buy that house. And with my impressive sales skills, convinced them to write a check for three, four, five hundred thousand dollars $500,000. I've never done it. Matter of fact, I don't think I've even tried. That no. is not what we do. We, as listing agents, we market houses but we don't sell them. And uh, I think it's an important distinction. Yeah, definitely. Uh, funny you should mention that another, and it's so funny how close we are in our scripting in terms of what we say, right? When you're actually talking to somebody. So anybody who's watching this, you should grab that. It's a great nugget that both Brian and I use to help set the right perception for people. Uh, you know, another thing that when I'm looking at doing price reductions with people, I don't know if you found this too, but it's like, one, usually, unless a property is grossly overpriced, a buyer will say anything else that is wrong with that property, except that it's not the right price for them, right? Isn't that frustrating? Because you'd be like, it would be so much easier if the buyers would give feedback and be like, your house is overpriced, right? Instead, they complain about the street or the colors or the paint or the rug or the whatever, 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 right? Uh, the proximity of the kitchen to the this. It's something, it's always something other than price. And then you go to talk to a seller and you're like, no, 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 all that stuff, it's price, right? It's, it's what they mean is price. Um, price will fix it. It's hard to have that conversation. So one of the things that I'll do is if I'm trying to have a, get a price reduction from somebody uh, and I'm like, listen, Mr. Seller, you know, we can't move your house, right? You're not going to pick it up and relocate it to a better spot or a different spot right? You're not going to do any major renovations, right? You're not going to change things around and add on to it, right? Nope. Okay, got it. Well, listen, the only thing we have control over to convince these buyers to purchase it is the price that we offer it at. Can't move it, 
can't change it, it's the price. We have no other control over anything else. A lot of times that helps people to sort of get over the emotional idea of, no, I asked for this and I have to get this for my property. But, and it's funny because again, this comes down to discovery. Like how often do sellers pick a price for their house? If we let them, that it's just what they want. <laughs> you know, like there's a whole list of stuff that I want. I, we don't have that kind of time. And, and but that doesn't mean I'm going to get it. So, you know, one of the things I think is really important as you're going through the listing presentation, and this is kind of a fun topic. It wasn't necessarily our intent today, but it's a fun topic to talk about because I think we're going to see a lot of challenges with this is making sure that you use some correct scripting. And it's funny because you and I are big script guys, but, and it's funny, but I am. What I mean by that is I have a script for everything. I just don't have it written down and give it to people. So when I'm going over comparative market analysis at the end of that, I don't ask the seller, what should we list your house for? What do you think your house is worth? How do you feel? None of those questions. Based on these numbers that we just looked at, what do you think the appropriate value of the house is? Based on these numbers, not about how much money you want to put in the bank or put your kid through college or paying off your, you know, your credit card debt, because that doesn't have anything to do with the value of your house. What has to do with the value of your house is the comparable properties. And so we need to reference that and hit that hard in language, right? It's not, well, based on these comparable number, you know, these comparable properties, what do you think the value of your house is? Is based on the comparable properties that we looked at or based on these numbers, like I'm emphasizing those, that specific thing. So I want them to get them to focus there because- Otherwise, they're going to just tell you, well, I want 400, but your house is worth 350, but I want 400. Okay, well, good luck with that. I mean, not, not, that's not good scripting. Don't say that. But, uh, you know, it's important that we ask the right question and we emphasize the right, right words. Yeah. And funny. Uh, so when, uh, have you, you've read that book by Chris Voss, um, the negotiation book? Never um, split the difference. Yeah. So uh, when they say that, right, they're like, oh, they look at the comps. So what, you know, based on these numbers here, based on these sales and your competitors, what number do you think we should use to cause a buyer to purchase your home? And clearly the number should be 350. And they're like 400. They're like, okay, great. So tell me based on this, what would convince a buyer to pay you 400,000 when they can pay 350 for one of these, right? And, and just doing the Chris Voss to them. How do I do that? How can we do that? How does that work? Right? Um, that's very powerful. In fact, like if you guys haven't read that book, you should definitely read that book. I've used that. How does that work? Or how can I do that technique with like some really stubborn people in my personal life? And it actually works wonders, right? They say something stupid and you're like, well, how can I do that? And they keep saying stupid things. And you're just like, well, how can I do that? How can I do that? How? Finally, they come around to logic after a while, right? Um, and it really works. I promise you it really works. Yeah, and that that's super powerful, and I appreciate that. And Chris Chris Voss is brilliant. And those of you who don't know his story, he was like the number one negotiator for the FBI. He's a he's a sharp dude for sure. Yes. So it's funny that you brought that up. I was literally listening to a presentation today about sales, and they brought that book up. So it's a oh, yeah. small world. It's a it's a massive technique that everybody should know. Uh, that's really powerful when somebody isn't agreeing with you. Uh, okay, cool. So Brian, do you want to tee up your call for today? I know you got a fancy one you want us to listen to. And I'm going to see if we have any somebody. Oh, Chris Voss is that FBI hostage negotiator by yes. Alex Montalvo. Yes, sir. That's, that is who we are talking about right there. And he has a great book called Never Split the Difference.
Absolutely. So I'm going to share my screen and I'm just going to talk about something very quickly and I'm going to play my call. So let me do this. So this is just something I want to share with people because as we move forward, you know, Dale mentioned this several times um, that we're in a different market. By the way, in case you guys don't know, you're, we're not in a buyer's market. We're not in a recession. We're not in any of those things. What we are in is the strongest seller's market since 2019. <laughs> and that's something to think about it. If you eliminate 2021 and 2022, this is the strongest market I've ever seen. I want you guys to, to think about that. You know, we had more, we had less inventory right now than we had in 2019, 2018, and going back all the way through my career in general real estate starting in 05. So why am I even pointing this out? I'm going to play the call in a second. We are literally tracking these stats week over week over week. You don't have to track the same exact stats, but you need to be able to talk to these. Why? Because when somebody says to you, you know, Brian, it's it's a buyer's market. We're in a recession. The market, da, 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 da. I want to be able to say, hey, by the way, and by the way, this is wrong. It says months of supply. Um, that's actually days of supply. We do not have 39 months of supply. That, that's, that's a typo. But you barely, I be, barely, you barely have a you month. barely have a month. Right. We have just a little over a month. So one of the things that I can say to somebody is, are you familiar with months of inventory? Well, what do you mean, Brian? Well, months of inventory describes the number of months, if not a single house got listed, and we know that's not realistic, but right now we're at 39 days. That means if no one listed a house for the next 39 days, there'd be no houses for sale. Now, that's an unrealistic expectation. I want to give you some perspective on that. During the strongest buyer's market I've ever seen in 2009, 2010, that time frame, after the crash in 08, we were over nine months inventory, or to put this in days, nine times 30, over 270 days of inventory, we're at 39 right now. So with that in mind, do you feel like this is a buyer's market or a seller's market? So, and being able to state all these things like price decreases, you know, for example, about a month ago, we were seeing about 24 price decreases a month or a week. Now we're seeing almost 100 or 93 is what we saw in the last seven days. When you can start talking about this intelligently, it does a couple of things. First of all, it allows you to be persuasive. And second of all, it creates authority. When I can speak to something intelligently and with actual statistics, people are like, wow, he knows what the heck he's talking about. So <laughs> whether I do or not, that's what they, that's what people think. So anyway, but I just thought I'd share that with you guys. Um, I think it's super important to have something like that. But now I'm going to play a call. So I think I am anyway. Let's see what's going on with this thing. Uh, okay. Perfect. Uh, I love tech. Okay. Curtis Realty Group. Um, Realtor.com just reached out and said that you may have a real estate need, and I just wanted to follow up with you and see if there's anything I can do. Yeah, but he had too many nosy questions, and I want to just ask for pictures of the backyard of this one house. And I tell you, very easy. My husband, we live in California. We retired. Uh, we leave our house here. We don't sell it. goes to our daughter. We pay cash for the new house. Okay. Gotcha. So so, Dale, I'm just going to pause that right there. I would love love to hear your thoughts about this potential buyer, because this is something that I'm studying and I know that you've studied in the past, but I want to identify my buyers about who they are, what they're thinking, how they're acting, so I know how to better communicate with them. So yeah, I'd love to hear yeah. your thoughts on that, if you don't mind. 
Yeah, so she yeah. sounds Eastern European to me. She's already said okay. a bunch of nosy questions, and then she started giving us information that tells me she's already been through rounds of people asking her nosy questions, right? Um, so she wants pictures of the backyard. I'm going to give her pictures of the back. I'm going to tell her I'll give you pictures of the backyard. Um, and I'm not going to argue with her about, quote, nosy questions. I'm going to try to build as much rapport with her as I can without asking her any personal questions. Um, that's what just based on what I heard, that's what I'm going to try to do. I agree. And what I've also heard is this person is a driver personality. Like oh, yeah. they're not interested in this and this and this. They don't want to have a conversation with you. They don't want to be your friend. And when we're dealing with that personality, and here's the good news, it's less than 10% of our population. So yes, I think this is a good example. We're going to run into this. But at the end of the day, understand that giving this person the standard fluff and let's get along and let's build some rapport and do all that kind of stuff, you build rapport with this person by giving them what they want and giving it to them quickly. So yeah. that high driver personality, another thing about them is things have to go quickly they don't have time to mess around so yeah. keep that in mind when you're dealing with this person and again less than 10 percent of our population falls into that but it's important to be listening to that and then adjusting your your approach differently and i think not enough people do that because they get stuck in this is how i do it this is how i do it and this is how i do it and it works most of the time but don't miss this person because you're not willing to be adaptive yeah you know, we got, um, we made a sale um, to, a, 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 I think it was like a million or $2 million sale that we made to a director. He, he was a director for a, a large car dealership, like the director of sales. We got the sale because he registered on our website. I called the guy up, right? And he was like, hey, I want to know this about that house. And I'm like, great, here's about that house. And then I started asking questions, uh, you know, just like doing discovery stuff. And he was like, he was like, holy shit, man, like, you're awesome and wanted to work with us. We ended up making the sale. And then he went to his sales team within his car dealership. And he was like, guys, stop making these people chase you around for stuff where you just won't tell them anything. He's like, he uses the example of talking to me. He was like, I, the guy read me quick, knew who, how I was. I wanted this info. He gave me the info. And then I was like, okay, well, now we can have a conversation. Um, and so, you know, that's a story that I like to tell because this professional sales director uh, had that had that interaction to the point where he even brought it back to his industry to say, Hey, stop being like, stop with the cat and mouse bullshit. You know, sometimes you got to just tell people what they want to know. Well, and it's funny because I talk about this. This is a question I've seen listing agents dodge over and over and over again. It's the typical question. What do you charge for a commission? Oh, well, I don't want to tell you that until I come meet you at your house so I can show you. Okay. But what do you charge for a commission? Well, it varies significantly what do you charge for commission? I can tell you right now, and yes, I am a driver personality, go figure. I might, I might ask it a second time, maybe, but I promise you, I ain't asking it a third time. And what does that mean? That means that I'm going to work with you? No, that means I'm going to hang up the phone. So understanding a little bit about that personality type, I ask you a question, just answer the question. And that doesn't mean I can't answer it like this. You know, Dale, um, we we typically charge 6%. Before I go into that, I would love to meet with you and show you if what the value of that is, because me just telling you over the phone, you have no idea what you're getting for that 6%. So if you don't mind, I have time on Tuesday or Wednesday, which of those days works better for you. I answered the question and then I pivoted to what I wanted to talk about. Their, their question is answered. And now I'm back talking about something I can do something about, because the last thing I'm going to do is cut my commission on the phone, you know? Right. So 
Yeah, I, I actually dis I uh, agree in some ways. However, when I train people, I teach them not to answer that uh, for the right off the bat. And, and here's why, why I say that. And my personal experience is a lot of times those people who ask what your commission is are going to base their decision solely on that. Uh, and a lot of times yep. if I answer that, I've, I've definitely lost appointments that I would otherwise get when I answered the commission question because they were so fixated on it and opposed to a certain number that I want to make sure that I'm not stuck there. So what we teach to do would be, uh, yeah, so let's just role play it, uh, Brian. All right. So, um, hey, Brian, I'd love to come over to your home, check it out, make a really great game plan for you and your wife to get the most money possible in the current market. I'm available on Wednesday or Thursday after five. Would one of those work better for you? And I want to give it a commission objection. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe Dale, but what do you guys charge for commission? Great question. Uh, is there, uh, so commission's obviously important. What else is important to you about the company that you use to list your home for sale? I want someone who's going to sell my house, get it sold quickly and get me what I need. Okay. Get it sold quick, get you what you need and how much they charge you to do it, right? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Okay, excellent. So I'm gonna make sure that we focus on that stuff when I come and see you. So would Wednesday or Thursday work better? Yeah, Thursday. So, and I agree, you know, Dale did a great job of deflecting that and I'm okay with doing it once. Okay, and but now let's I do it again. Now push me again, okay? And right, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do, so you may decide to answer the commission question like Brian said, or if you choose not to answer the commission question, I'm gonna give you another suggestion on how to do it. So I just Perfect. said that I deflected. I went back to Wednesday or Thursday. I want you to redirect me back to commission. So Dale, um, I do have time on Wednesday and Thursday, but with that in mind, I still need to know what you're gonna charge for commission. Okay, great. How much are you willing to pay? How much am I willing to pay? Um, yes. I've got a buddy of mine who said that they are, you know, a friend, a friend of a friend type thing. And they said that they would charge 5%. Excellent. And they're charging you 5% to do what exactly? Did they run over their marketing plan and where, how much they're going to invest and how much time they're going to spend? Honestly, Dale, I haven't met with them yet. Uh, it was just, okay. again, a friend, a friend and he said, hey, use this guy, he charges 5%. Okay, excellent. So Brian, we charge between five and 7%, depending on what you want us to do for you, what level of service you're looking for and the results you're trying to achieve. And I can cover all of that with you on Wednesday. Sounds good. Well, yeah, and absolutely. And I, and I like what you did there. You gave me a range. You gave you give yourself some flexibility because I can tell you right now, if I'm sitting in a listing and and you're like, Brian, I need five and a half percent or I'm not going to list it. I would probably respond with this. Well, if you sign our listing contract right now, I'll do it for five and a half percent because I'm willing to give up that to create urgency and get a signature. So I like the range. Yeah. I think it works. And listen, if you're willing to list it at the right number that I believe it's going to sell at or cause a lot of if it's going to be an easy sale, if, if you're going to price it somewhere where it's going to cause a lot of buyers to inquire and it's a sign that I want in that yard, I'm willing to spend a little extra. I'm willing to take a haircut to make that happen. Yeah. Well, you know, we always say a sign in the car, a sign in the yard is significantly better than a sign in the car. So the only <laughs> right. thing that I would say as we're talking, talking about commission, and again, I'm not sure how we ended up down this road, but it's a good conversation, is do not make that your only sales technique. Like oh, I'm definitely. not against I'm not against cutting a commission, but when I watch a lot of agents do this, and again I'm as as 
one point in time, the broker for our company um, in the state of Arkansas, a broker has to sign every contract. So I keep seeing the same agent come back and all of a sudden every single listing is below six. Why? Because they got in this mode of their number of one objection handler was I'll drop the commission. No matter what the objection was is, well, if I did it for 5%, would you do it? Well, yeah. Okay, great. Well, you didn't always have to do that. So to me, commission is the last drop. And, and again, I've got lines in the sand. People, well, someone will do it for four and a half. And I appreciate that. I won't do, I don't list houses for four and a half. You know, I value what we do and I've gone over all the things that we do. And we, you know, we spend a lot of money marketing your house. And I think you're going to get actually more value for listing with me at five and a half than you're going to get from somebody at four and a half. So it's up to you how you want to move forward with that. Um, you know, with that in mind, I'd be happy to list your house today for five and a half percent. Will you do that? So, yeah. Exactly. Be strong. Yes. Be strong. Uh, and, you know, I, I agree with you, man. If your only sales strategy is price cutting, you're in big trouble. Absolutely. Yeah. Because you got no place to go. <laughs> you know, right. you, you, know if I started... the, you could either be the dollar store, but you better sell a whole lot of shit for a dollar. Right. Otherwise, you're in yeah. trouble. I, I'm always amazed at those agents who got all those big numbers and you look at, you know, what they actually made and you're like, you didn't make any money because you just, you sold twice as many houses as me, but I made the same amount of money as you did. You did twice as much work. How is that better? So anyway, I'd much well, rather be relatively unknown and wealthy than well-known and broke. Yeah, I don't, I don't care about the top line. The bottom line is the one that matters to me. So that's yeah. just my, my philosophy. So I know we're almost at the end here. We, so totally, we totally digressed from this call we were supposed to be listening to. We did. So um, it doesn't, it's not very long. Play a little bit more of it. Okay. And when we find something today, we buy it today. If not, okay. then we don't. Sure, absolutely. Um, well, can you, um, I, I need to, to go back into my office real quick and, and take a look at the address. Um, if I can send you a text, could you text me back the specific address that you're looking at and then I oh. can make an appointment and go out there? Yeah, I have, it, it's, it's Limerick Way in Fayetteville. Ah, okay, hold on. Let me just make a note of that real quick. Can you pause it? I can't. Limerick Way. So I'm not clear, Is does the woman... It, are they local to be able to go see it or she just wants pictures of the backyard because she's in California? No, she's in California physically. So she wants to see pictures of the backyard. All right. What I would probably do based on the way that this woman has spoken to your agent is I'd probably say, hey, I'm willing to run out there, take pictures of that property, send them over to you. If you're willing to uh, to agree that if you see another property you're interested in, you only talk to me about it and not another agent. I'm like willing to invest that time in you if you're willing to make just a verbal agreement to me that we're going to do that. And we'll do that as long as you like working with me, but we don't have any kind of agreement or contract, okay? Gotcha. All right. That sounds good. Somebody sent me a message and I'm not sure. Oh, that was you. <laughs> okay, got yeah. it. All right. <laughs> All right, let me play just another minute of this. And I completely agree with where you're going there. Hey. Okay. Yeah. And is it just the backyard that you're wanting more photos of or well, is there anything well, else? The house is nice. What we're looking for is no no uh uh homeowner association. We have gotcha. cats that be that be indoors and they be confined into the backyard. Sure, so sure. so so we need to have a nice backyard, we need to have a dog. Okay. Yeah. Sure. And so let, let me do this. 
Okay. Um, so what I would like to do is um, when I'm, I've got to just run back to my office here in just a few minutes, and then I will look up the property and um, and then I will reach back out to you as, as from either phone call or text message. And we'll set up a time where I can go out there and I will take as many pictures or video, whatever um, you need. And then from there you can ask, I mean, I love questions, you know, I, there are no, there are not too many questions. So um, whatever questions you have, we can address those and, and go from there. Right. But uh, again, uh, it's for my husband and myself. And for right sure. now, I forward him everything what I get, what I like. Perfect. He puts his comments to it, but we, like I said, I'd like to see uh, the sure. backyard. So you know, again, this this person, this person, I think. By the way, I would love to work with them. They're very efficient and effective. Well, you need to make sure that you're being you're handling them the same way. Absolutely, I'll tell you what we're gonna do. This, this, and this. Does that work for you? Okay, great. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. yeah, I think that your agent is a super nice person, but her like yeah. southern charm is not is lost on on this granite cliff face, if you will. You know what I mean? And so maybe I would have her re-listen to that and be like, "Listen, do you hear how nice and cheery and helpful you are, and how?" cold and calculated she is maybe you could be a little more like cold and calculated right like just sort of emulate her a little bit more and be and be okay with it listen if somebody's going to talk to you in that manner bop, 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 you can be a little more bop, bop, bop with them you know well not only you can you should you should. And I don't use that word very often but understand that if you treated this person exactly how she's treating you Believe it or not, and again, I'm sure we've got some people from the South here going, I would never talk to the person the way Brian and Dale are saying. I understand. The person's from California. My wife's from California. I know a lot about Californians. So my point is you have to emulate this person. Her expectation is that we are in a business relationship. This person doesn't want to be your friend. They don't want to have a cup of coffee. They don't want to have a big meeting. They want information. They want to process. Bam, 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 bam. Give them that. And here's the trick, though. And this is the thing that most agents will miss. If I do that for, I don't know, minute, minute and a half, you know what I can do? I can switch back to being me. Yeah. And she'll come right along because yeah. she knows I understand her. We've built rapport. So there's a couple of questions. I know we're kind of pushing uh, our envelope here, but I want to make sure that you that we answer these. And the first one I think is good is how do you deflect as an ISA? And that was the, the commission deflection question. Mm, got it. OK, That's great. So let's say, let's do that. Let's role play that, Brian. Let's say that you are uh, a lead. I'm booking a listing appointment with you for my partner. OK. Um, so I'm going to give this uh, Cavicia, I think, I hope I pronounced that correctly. Let's say that um, I'm either not allowed to talk about commission or I don't even know what the commission number is, okay, because I'm in ISA. Um, so yep. Brian, all that sounds fantastic. Listen, I think the best thing to do would be to have my uh, partner come out, meet with you and your wife, take a look at your home and, and set up a good game plan for you guys to get that property sold. Would Wednesday or Thursday work better for you? Well, I'm, let me come back to that in a second. First of all, I've just got a quick question. What do you guys charge for commission? Oh, that's a great question, Brian. Uh, and so I'll make sure that that gets covered when they come and see you. Anything else that's really important that you want to make sure that my partner covers with you when they see you? No, I just really want to know what the commission is because I'm, you know, I'm talking to somebody else and they they are they told me the commission was five percent. So or they would do five percent. So that's kind of kind of where I'm looking. Okay, so five percent is where you're looking to be. Uh, is that correct? Have you met with that other company yet? No, I'm meeting with them tomorrow. 
Okay, excellent. So I'll, I'll let my partner know that 5% is where you want to be uh, and that they also need to cover, I'm assuming, their marketing plan and uh, how they're going to get your home sold and all that sort of stuff. Is that correct? Yeah, that's important to me. Obviously, I, you know, I want to make sure that someone's going to do a good job for me and get my house sold for the most amount of money in the shortest period of time. All right. Sounds good. So should uh, they see you on Wednesday or Thursday? Which one works better? Hey, let's do Thursday. Okay. Uh, you didn't push me. You could push me a third time. Let's have, let's demonstrate for them what I would do as an ISA. If you, if you like, really were like, dude, I'm not having an appointment unless you tell me. So Dale, I appreciate that. Um, I need the answer to this question. I'm not going to, you know, waste my time with the wrong person. I need to know if your if your team would do 5%. Okay. Got it. L listen, Brian, unfortunately I'm not uh, able to discuss commission and I, and frankly, I don't even know. Uh, that really comes down to the individual salesperson that you meet with. Um, and so my, I don't know whether my partner can uh, accommodate you in terms of price, but what I do know that they can do is they can demonstrate for you how my company operates, how we sell two or 300 homes in, in the market every single year and, you know, beat out 90% of the other real estate companies uh, in terms of getting that job done. And so what I'll do is I'll make sure that he understands it's super important to you that you're not planning to list for more than 5% and uh, he'll have that information when he comes to see you. Okay. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and I think it was valid. Like you said, I don't know. The, I don't have the answer. I don't, it's not, the answer is not provided for me, but I will let them know that this is important to you. And so I feel like I would have felt like, all right, well, he's listening to me. He can't answer the question, but at least he's listening to me. He knows I want 5% and, and that's important. Yeah. And again, before we did that role play, everybody, I said, let's assume that I'm either not allowed to discuss it or that I don't even know, right? I, I don't know whether they're going to do 5% or not. But I'm not gonna, you know, let the I'm not gonna let that appointment not happen. Now, if Brian was like, "You are not coming to my house unless you can tell me you'll do five percent," in that case, I'd say, "Okay, Brian, I'm gonna go talk to my manager and uh, find out where that's at." Or even probably better, what I would do is I'd say, "Okay, Brian, I'm gonna actually just put you on the phone with my partner, um, and uh, you know, he's not available if he's not available, he or she's not available at the moment." When can they talk to you so that they can uh, hash this out? Or I might do something like, all right, Brian, we'll hold the appointment. Uh, if they can do, if they can accommodate you and they're willing to do that, we're going to hold the appointment. They won't need to call you. If there's an issue, they will give you a call and discuss it directly with you. Okay. And then I would book that yeah. appointment. I appreciate that. I was thinking the same thing, like, okay, Dale, so let me just make, make sure I understand. If we can do 5%, you would like to meet with our our agent, correct? Yes, I would. Okay. so. I tell you what, I'm just going to assume that we can, if they, if for whatever reason we can't, I'll have Dale give you a call and uh, he'll, you know, he'll talk to that, but you know, he'll see you there on Tuesday at 10 o'clock, whatever point appointment we set up. So, and again, you know, basically when you isolate it down to that one thing, it's easy to say, great. So we'll go for it. You know, again, I literally sat in a listing appointment one time and the guy said, well, so-and-so offered us this and it was one of my bigger competitors. And I wanted to make sure that they didn't list the house. And I said, okay, I'll tell you what, I will do that if you sign the contract right now. And they said, sure, and signed it yeah. right there. We, a, we were in a good situation. That's a business decision. And you purchased, you purchased a business, right? You, you purchased the loss to your competitor, right? You purchased another marketing opportunity for your signage. Yeah, absolutely. So one last thing, um, when they were listening to call, it says cell phone lag is a killer. It sounds like she is interrupting and speaking over her on her end of the phone. She cannot hear it. So I don't know if that was a lag in the in the conversation, but I, I will say, 
Did you I, hear I heard it? it. Okay. I did. Um, and, and, you know, one of the things I'll say, and again, I'm studying personality types, and sometimes we get focused on the things that we're doing. For all of you people who are a lot, are talker, 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 talkers, and, you know, for most real estate agents, that's what they are. From, from a disc profile, the majority of real estate agents are high eyes. Understand that the first time you cut somebody off should be the last and only time. Because what they're saying is you need to wait for me to finish before you talk. And here's the thing. You know, Dale Carnegie and How to Win Friends and Influence People, he writes this, he tells this story about how he goes to this big party and he never says anything about himself. He walks up and says, Dale, you know, da, 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 tell me a little bit about yourself. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm in real estate sales. Oh, cool. Tell me a little bit more about that. All the guy does is inquire about other people. And the rest of the story goes like this. He gets letters because it's the book's written in the 30s. He gets letters a couple of days later that says, you were the best conversationalist I ever met. The guy didn't say anything. So, you know, it's a really important concept. Yes, we need to ask our questions, but oftentimes the thing that we need to do is learn to shut up. And and I've done it. Like I've caught myself going, man, I talked over that guy again. Damn it. Don't do that. All right. With that being said, Brian, I have to cut you off for today. Uh, We are at the end of cash call. (laughs) All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you next week. Thanks, everybody.